Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. And we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. The world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com. And around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning. It is the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? Welcome to Thursday. Ooh, baby. Uh, it is, uh, it's a day, man. It is a absolute, it's a day today already. <laughs> Uh, good morning to you across the state from ADAC all the way up to, uh, all the way up to, to Fox and, uh, and beyond and beyond. Welcome to the show and thank you for coming in and joining us. Uh, we have got, um, uh, we're getting a little bit different today, a little bit slice of life today. We're going to take on some headlines this morning and uh, just talk about a few of the things that are out there that are kind of, uh, you know, piqued my interest and, uh, and uh, stories that caught my attention. Uh, and then we're going to open up the phone lines today for you. Uh, it would worked on a couple guests, but just couldn't make it all, couldn't make it all work out. So we're going to instead just uh, help you. Uh, you're going to help us steer the conversation. We're going to help you help us. That's that's the important part here. Help you help us steer the conversation. And uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to we're going to talk about these things and uh, see what we can do. Um, I'm also going to be um, also going to be talking a little bit about, well, some of my uh, we're, we're going to do a little bit more slice of life. Let's put it that way. A little bit more slice of life. And uh, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite books and uh, movies and TV shows that have recently come out. Some of the things that I've been spending uh, my little bit of spare time on um, or my commutes in the car or whatever. And uh, hopefully you will, uh, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit lighter. Uh, I mean, after the beating we got yesterday uh, from uh, State Senator Mike Schauer. Uh, over the, the state of what's really happening. And look, we knew that this legislative session was going to be an exercise in frustration. We knew that. We just, we knew it. It was coming. It was, you know, it was foreseeable. And, and it's, uh, this is this is just kind of a chance to, uh, I don't know, lighten it up a little bit. And, uh, it, or, and you could have the, uh, um, you know, you can have the, uh, the joy of helping to direct the conversation and something else. If you don't want to talk about, um, <clears throat> lighter side stuff. And, uh, I would love to hear what, uh, I would love to hear what you guys have to say, uh, and, uh, to let you, 
to let you, uh, you know, like I said, kind of steer the conversation. So I guess first things first in that regards, we probably should uh, turn the phone lines up and on and get them ready to go. And Viola, they are now up at Voila. They are now up and ready and running at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to uh, be part of the conversation today, that's the easiest way to do it. You can also send me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com, M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. And uh, you finally can uh, also send us a a, a a message on Facebook or join, you know, what I really recommend is you can join the chat room. Uh, just come on over to uh, facebook.com slash Michael Duke show slash live. You'll be dumped right into the conversation with the rest of the folks that we have in the chat room this morning. Come on in and, and just be part of it with us. We'd love to see it. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to feel free to dive in with both feet. And come on over again, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. And uh, you'll be dumped right into it right there. Uh, or you can just go to michaeldukeshow.com and click on the live, you know, all kinds of stuff. Just go, go, fly, be free, make it, make it happen. Make it happen. And yeah, any topic is fair game today. So whether you want to talk about politics or not, you're welcome to come in and you know what i'd love to hear is what people uh spend their spare time doing you know uh i'd love to hear about unique uh, hobbies or like i said favorite books or book series we got into a conversation one day about a variety of different uh a variety of different genres of books and it was uh it was a it was a great conversation i really enjoyed it uh i'm working on getting uh we had mark cameron on the program here not too long ago he's a uh, He's an Alaskan who now writes for the Tom Clancy estate. Uh, he has his own series of books, and uh, he writes for Tom Clancy as well, and writes continues the the writing for the for the Clancy estate. And I found that I thought that was a fantastic show. I really enjoyed that. And I'm working on uh, getting a couple more Alaskan about something, including some historical works and some things like that, just because it's fun. Um, uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So, um, or yes, you could even offer advice on cooking. Harold is having problems with his muffins this morning or biscuits. They're too sticky. So anybody knows the reason why biscuits would be sticky. There you go. You can throw that out there either in the chat room or on the air. Anyway, 907-433-3150. Um, from, uh, from Shaktulik to Shishmaref. From Antioch to Anaktuvik, from China to Chitna, anywhere in the state of Alaska that you need to stay connected, uh, the folks at Satellite West are here to um, are here to help you out. They have got the connectivity and the tools to make sure that you can make phone calls, send text messages, surf the internet, send emails, do all those things, and they've got a local dealer network. That is, uh, well, pretty exhaustive across the state of Alaska. Uh, go to SatelliteWest.com and find out more. They've got the whole list of dealers and all the equipment and things that they do out there. And uh, go out there and enjoy it. Just uh, stop by and see and say thank you for sponsoring the program. 
uh, for this morning uh, and every day, quite honestly. So SatelliteWest.com is where you go for all those things and more. All right. All right. So headlines. What do I got as far as headlines? Should I, I guess, I mean, should we take a poll? Um, should we take a poll and see what everybody wants? I mean, we've got stories about, uh, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that one. Uh, we got the story from the KTUU about the $6 million, $600 million deficit. Uh, we've got the um, story about legislators' pay and how the House has got a bill to uh, block the pay increase, but uh, the Senate is not interested in blocking the pay increase. I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh, we've got the story about the cost of uh, renaming uh, all these nine military bases, uh, taking away their old Confederate names, and now, you know, putting it. It, it the cost is doubled, by the way, on that from the original estimates. We can talk about the Soldotna City Council okaying the drag shows at kids' parks um, or public parks for kids, I guess I should say. Uh, we've got the King Cove discussion with Senator Murkowski and Secretary Holland. Um, the parental rights bill, which we talked a bit about yesterday. Um, and more. I, there's a, just all kinds of stories. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, interesting to uh, see how this all comes down. Uh, I guess the first story, because, you know, one of the things that the thing is, is that we could talk a lot about stories and we try and offer solutions, right? We try, if there's a, if there's an issue, a political issue or something, I try to at least give, you know, in my mind, what might be a solution to some of uh, these problems. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, we don't always succeed. We don't always, don't always have a successful answer as to how to fix it. Um, but I do have a solution for this story. Um, hopefully you haven't all sat down and had breakfast yet. But a former employee of the state of Alaska has now been sentenced to 78 months uh, in prison, followed by supervision for the rest of his life for possessing over a million images depicting child sexual abuse. This guy's name was John Daniel Brooks. He uh, was an analyst programmer who worked remotely for the state of Alaska. He was reported by the state in September to the Anchorage Office of the Federal Department of Investigation for suspected possession of images. While executing a search warrant at his residence, they found that he had installed an internal hard drive on his state-owned computer that contained over 1.2 million images depicting sexual abuse and exploitation of children as young as infants. Um, they said, according to the special agent in charge of the FBI's field office here, he said, our investigation revealed Mr. Brooks acquired and possessed one of the large collections uh, found in Alaska. Um, and so now they're going to, uh, they're going to prosecute these state cases to the fullest extent of the law. 78 months just doesn't seem like, what was it? Six and a half years. It just doesn't seem like that's a lot of time for that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a simple solution for that. Um, I'm <laughs> art by Carla has got some stickers that tell you all about it. 
uh, I, I am just so aghast at stuff. I mean, there are a few things that I am literally speechless about. And this is one of the things that just, I just don't even, I don't even know what to say. I, I just don't even know. I mean, I feel like I just threw up a little bit in my mouth just thinking about what this guy was doing. And um, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> the proper sentence should not have been something along the lines of 78 months. It should have been a removal from the gene pool. Um, I think that that uh, I, I just don't think that there is a any way to rehabilitate or recondition somebody who has gone that far down the rabbit hole. A million images. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my brain around it. And, uh, I, again, I think that there is a different solution for this. I, I just, I, there are certain things in, in this life that are so, so heinous and to exploit and take advantage of and to draw pleasure from the something like is just i don't think that that can be reconciled i just i just don't think that there's a rehabilitation method for something like that i think in the state of i think across the united states these kind of crimes should be capital crimes i really do because a crime against an individual is bad enough you know, crimes against adults is bad enough. Exploitation or sex trafficking or rape or those things, those are horrific. But at least those adults had a choice and were, you know, they, they, they were, uh, you know, they made their own decisions to get where they were and they had the chance to at least fight back a little bit or something like, I mean, they're all horrific. Don't get me wrong. They're all victims. But at the same time, these children, they are just so, uh, it's, <clears throat> yeah. Yep, the solution to that is the IV in the arm or the lead pill or whatever you want to call it, a capital punishment. I mean, you want to stop these guys from doing it, you need to scare them to the point where, I mean, the scared straight thing, I, I don't know. But especially something that's this heinous, one million images. I, I, I just feel ill about it. And yet... Uh, it goes on even here in the state of Alaska. And uh, I mean, it's a worldwide problem. It's not it's not just a, it's not just an Alaska problem. It's a worldwide problem. But I think if you remove those individuals from the gene pool, that would uh, that would that would help not spread that madness on. That's just my personal opinion. So, yes, I think I, I think we need to call for, you know, kind of the capital punishment for this kind of stuff. Um, or at least incarceration for the rest of their natural lives so that if the state does, if, if a state like Alaska doesn't have a death penalty, at least that they're removed from the pool and they don't, you know, they don't spread that madness. I mean, just insane. Um, so that was the downer story for this morning. There's some other stories out there and you, I, maybe I read this story this morning and I said, Oh, I just, I need some lighter side stuff. So maybe that's what we're going to come up with. All right. We got a phone line on hold. We're going to get to them here in just a second, folks. Don't go anywhere, but I got to pay some bills first. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'll have uh, more discussions with your phone calls interspersed this morning. Hopefully we'll, 
hopefully we'll have some uh, more uh, lighter side talk. That's what I was looking for, lighter side. All right, we'll be back with more. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Your phone calls when we return. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Uh, Oh, it's like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live. All right. Hold on a second here. Oh, come on. Bring it on. Where is it? There it is. Okay. Uh, clicky, 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 clicky. Uh, start. Yeah. Okay. Whew. All right. Sorry. I was trying to get my, I didn't have my timer up then. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I, I just, I mean, I, I debated whether to even bring the story up today just because it's. Man, we got to fix this. Yeah. You can't leave these people free to roam. That is just absolutely horrific. Um, let's see. Um, uh, bad biscuits. Tired of looking at the snow. It's almost April, says Harold. Harold, I don't know what the answer is to sticky biscuits. Maybe somebody out there who does a lot more biscuit making than I do. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, probably two thirds of my biscuits come from a can. I very rarely make my own biscuits. I usually have Mr. Pillsbury help me if I'm doing biscuits and gravy or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know why it would be stick, um, more flour. Maybe, maybe it's a short on flour. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, spring project hobby. What was Hawk doing for his hobby? He's starting a new chicken flock. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, my wife, <clears throat> she misses our chickens. We had chickens in, up in uh, Fairbanks, and we don't have chickens now. She misses that. Uh, let's go over to the phones and see who's on the line, and we'll, uh, we'll get them set away, uh, squared away to uh, rejoin when we come back on radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? morning this is terry calling from wasilla okay terry can you hold the line for a second here and we'll be right back uh we'll be right back to you we'll be number one in the queue number one with the bullet you get to come out of the shoot here as soon as we rejoin the radio so hold the line here um genie um they're becoming more aggressive Kelly said something about having a problem with some folks, uh, Pete Peters, Peterson associates. They were on the show yesterday. Uh, that's the second time only in the entire history of the show that I had to ban somebody from the show. And, uh, the first guy, it took months for me to finally block him. But yesterday, uh, Mr. Peterson was a little, a little abusive. So we did drop the ban hammer on him yesterday. Um, 
yeah, I know. I to get it out of the way. I, I quite literally, I wanted to get the story out of the way so that we can move on to more positive things. So, um, let's see. Uh, just make sure everyone knows about it on the inside. Problem solved, says Bill. I mean, that's the that's the theory, right? I mean, that's the stereotypical. Oh, they get taken care of on the inside. Although I'm not sure. Um, Florida has a castration option for pedophiles, says Donna Ardwin. Oof. Yeah, I hadn't even considered that. I guess that's a, but I don't think it's really about the act. I think it's more than that. I think it's about the, the power, but, uh, anyway, lead pill, lead pill, says Kelly. Um, where was he from again? He was from Eagle River, Kelly. That's where he was from. The other Kelly. Uh, we're about 10 seconds out. We're ready to go. Um, is that right? That can't be right. No, we're 30 seconds out. There we go. Uh, but drag shit, but, but drag shows for kids are a okay. Oh, I didn't say that. Who said that? And yes, the art by Carla has stickers for this. It's a wood chipper and it says pedophiles lives don't matter head first. Um, they're <clears throat> they're good. Uh, uh, let's get gone here. Michael Duke, content, liberty based, free thinking radio. Here we go. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of inel, pinch of inel, Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Yep. Just a pinch of intellect. See, I even forgot to turn the dang, the dang it. Uh, welcome back. The Michael Duke show. Good morning. And how are you doing? Hour two or hour one of the show. Oh, he feels like a Monday. Uh, Terry is on the line in Wasilla. She wanted to help steer the conversation this morning. So we brought her on board and we're going to start off with her phone call this morning to see what she has to say. Um, and then we'll take up some more topics. Phone lines are open, by the way, 907-433-3150. Let's go over to see what Terry has to say. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Um, more bad news. I don't know how many people... And the borough know this, but our school libraries are full of pornographic books um, that LGBTQ um, I don't even know how to say this. Anyway, found out about it a couple weeks ago, started investigating it, got the name of the book. There's an online um, place to be able to look at these books. It's called booklook.org. I got online and read a couple of sentences from each of these four different books, and they are nothing but straight up porn. They are sick. They talk about bestiality, rape, um, incest, and as a community, I think we all need to get together and get out of our school. I testified 
at the borough um, school board assembly meeting the other night. I testified at the school of government. These books are so sick, and it's something I will never get out of my brain, what I read. And the community needs to be very aware of this, and we need to get this garbage out of our schools. This is not what school is about, is teaching porn to our kids. Our schools are to educate our kids. And we wonder why we can't have higher numbers and better grades, because they're teaching trash and indoctrinating our kids. Uh, I've seen some of the uh, the books you're talking about. Uh, Must Read had a full spread on it at one point where they actually had photographs of the pictures of the pages. And uh, these were these were books that were given to uh, or, or available to uh, late grade schoolers, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And um, I got to be honest, I would have been embarrassed. I mean, I, I don't think I could have read some of the contents on the air and still and still uh, and still been able to comply with the FCC's decency rules uh, on the radio station. And of course, we've got stories of of parents across the country, including in Anchorage, reading passages during their public testimony into the record and being admonished by the school board that you can't read that here. And yet they want to put this stuff in front of our kids. Now, look, I'm not one to ban books. If adults want to read whatever they, I mean, again, that's I'm not here about that, but you're right. This is about children in children's schools. This stuff is not appropriate uh, for kids uh, to be taking in. Uh, if, uh, you know, if adults want to rot their brains or do whatever, that's, you know, uh, I'm uh, fine. That's, that's on them. But when you've got a school library, not a public library, not an, a library that's open to the general public, but, a, but a library that is specifically set up, uh, for kids, this kind of stuff is problematic to say the least. You're a hundred percent right. Like you said, I would not, uh, I could not read some of the passages from some of the stuff that I saw on the air and feel comfortable about it. That is, uh, that is some great stuff. I'm still trying to figure out why there's such a pushback from people on the left uh, about, you know, indoctrinating their kids with pornography and smut. Uh, I don't know, even, even if you didn't believe philosophically, uh, you know, al along with us on many, many different things, the idea that somehow it's okay to put this stuff in front of kids. That's a, that's a real problem. That's a real problem out there. What was the response, uh, Terry, when you, uh, when you testified on this, uh, here at the, at the, uh, at the school board meeting? Uh, there, there was no one's board or the um, borough assembly people. They just listened to the testimony. But when I testified at the school of government, people jumped all over. They were hot. They were upset. They showed up to the school board meeting and they also testified against it. And um, I'm getting a lot of phone calls. I'm being asked for information. Um, I'm doing some more investigating, trying to find out how these books are getting into our schools. And I think I know, but I haven't been able to verify it yet until I can verify it. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But um, it's, it's sick. And I will never get that out of my brain. And I cannot believe, I don't care how you 
consider yourself gay, lesbian, trans, whatever. No child should ever be reading this type of garbage. It was so horrific. Yeah. And it's it's a it's bad. And we need to do something about it. And we've got to get it out of our schools. Well, I appreciate your call, Terry. Thank you for calling in and uh, being part of the show today. Uh, this is an important discussion. Uh, like I said, you got to walk a fine line when you start talking about banning books because I'm again, I'm. Uh, but at this point, we're talking about children. We're not talking about adults making decisions. We're talking about impressionable children who are still. I mean, they have a hard enough time trying to decide and and agonizing over you know what they're going to wear tomorrow or whatever. Especially teenagers. What a what a hot mess. Thank you, Terry, for your call. I appreciate it. Um, one of the little—I'll just give you a little nugget. This is a nugget uh, from a book that's called "Let's Talk About It," and it's more of a comic book thing. It's like illustrations with word bubbles and things like that. Um, and just one little panel of it says one kid saying to the other, "Huh? Sometimes I worry I watch too much porn." You know, I mean, this is in the this is in the. And the other guy's like, yeah, I know that worry, but there's nothing wrong with enjoying some porn. It's a fun, sugary treat. Though if the amount of porn you're watching feels like it's impacting your life, then it's probably time to pull back and give it some thought. It's a fun, sugary treat? Wow. I mean, this is in the, this is in public, this is in the school libraries. It's a fun, sugary treat. No, it's damaging to you as a person. It's damaging. I mean, as a young man, I, I mean, pornography was a thing, right? And especially with the advent of the internet, it became a real thing. And uh, it is, and I've said it before, I struggled with pornography early on in my marriage. It, it's, it was a, it, it, that's a mess. That is damaging to you in many, many ways. And to children, oof, it just gets even worse here and take some more calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. It's Dan from Fairbanks. Hey, Dan, what's on your mind? The idiots are in charge. The idiots are in charge of the asylum. Our, uh, our country, our world is getting darker and darker. And the more the media, the Hollywood elite, and the politicians continue to shove stuff down our throat, trying to make it normalized, the more some people are going to get normalized and it's not going to bother them anymore. The issue is the government over the last two, three years has shown if you speak out, if you disagree, and I think they're speak out, but we have to speak out. What else is there? I mean, I wish I grew up, I wish I could be in America I grew up in. It's no longer here. It's gone. It's long gone. And I don't know how we're going to get it back. All I can do is pray to the good Lord upstairs that he's watching and something happens. Yeah. Jewel, the ones that makes the little smoker things. Right. Is being sued again by Minnesota. I heard this morning, Keith Ellis, great, great Democrat there, said we're suing because they're targeting our children. Well, what the hell are the Democrats doing? They're targeting our children. Yeah. I'd rather each kid have in public schools, on TV, on social media. It's garbage. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, they're so worried about the public health. They're not worried about the emotional mental health of these children, filling them with this kind of garbage at such a young age. Like I said, I mean, adolescence is already confusing enough, even when you've got parents who love you and, and try to, you know, give you all the, the ins and the outs and everything else. But then you're encouraged to go to your, you know, you're encouraged to go to the library and you pick up books like this. And of course, all the, the buzz is going to be huge on it, right? The kids will all talk about it because the the whole taboo thing and all that stuff. And it's a, uh, it's a desensitization. I think uh, somebody in the chat just stuff um, and at, at a young age. And I, I'm, I, for one, I'm not, I'm just not for it. I, I think this stuff should be, and again, this is reason number 612, why I homeschool my kids. So we don't have to mess with this kind of stuff. This is why, you know, when they were growing up and everything else before, Many of them became adults. I monitored their internet usage at the house. I had filters and blocks on their internet because I know they're curious. They're, you know, and they can go out and they can get into trouble. It happens. But I'm not going to subject them to something where they can get it, get at it uh, like this. And it's provided to them on a silver platter. I mean, that is just, it's insane. And it's also 10% of the population. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. That's not a democracy. Dan, I appreciate uh, appreciate your thoughts on this. Thanks. Over. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. No and uh, thanks for being part of the show today. All right. That leaves all four lines open, uh, but we're coming up on the break. So if you would like to uh, continue this discussion, you can. If you want to change topics, you can do that as well. I've got some other things I'd like to talk about. Um, and um, just some random thoughts that I've got on various things. And like I said, because uh, 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 I said I'm interested to see what you guys do in your spare time, hobbies and stuff. Hawk says that he's starting a new chicken brood for the spring. A new, new chicken. I it again. Um, but anyway, there's what are, what are what do you do? The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Come in here. Um... MSBSD is not listening, is listening, but not hearing, says Melody, the school district in Matt's too. Kind of front doors right under the noses of uninvolved parents. I would agree with that. But I also think that even involved parents would probably be blindsided by this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, the kid's probably not going to tell you what's going on, right? You have to find this stuff. You have to, you, you, you have to find out stuff on your own. But yeah, uninvolved parents have definitely been a big part of the problem that we're having with the school districts in these because it's become it's become the de facto babysitter, right? It's like, oh, we got a right to ship our kids off every morning and not have to deal with them while we go do what we want to do. And I'm being a little facetious there, but you know, go out and work and get jobs and have a career or whatever. 
abdicating the responsibility of raising the children that we birthed and our our responsibility. Um, let's see. Uh, the only reason they want to sexualize our children, uh, sexualize our schools, is grooming our children. If you choose, it says Mikhail, and I, I think that there is some grooming going on there for sure. I mean, it's an inundation. It's a, it is a desensitization. Um, you know, the LGBT community makes up less percent of the overall population in the entire United States. But if you watch the TV and everything else, that's not what you see. I mean, the, you see shows on television where half the people on the show are are, are LGBTQ, whatever, right? You see that all the time. It's disproportionately represented, but that's, if you choose to live an alternative lifestyle, I have no issue. Just thankful you found love and supporting your life. If you offend a child, uh, if you offend a child, you have an issue with the parents. And if you want to foster tolerance, keep it away from children. I couldn't disagree with that. Um, I felt, Terry says, she says, I feel violated just reading the few passages I did. I mean, yeah, I know. the. Some of them, I, what? Um, uh, Jennifer Sampson says, we've been trying to do this for three and a half years. I even went so far as trying to get a library assistant job, but Kathleen Edwards said she'd never hire a conservative like me. Well, there's some ideological challenge right there. That's part of the thing. Uh, let's see. Um saying that they did it during the pandemic. Somebody said that they slipped the books in during the pandemic is a cheap cop-out, he says. Parents have been sleeping. Uh, parents have been sleeping for years. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of parents who, again, just turn it over. If they treat it just like it's a glorified baby sitting there. Uh, um, I just said. All right. Uh, you are 100% correct. Far too many years, um, for far too many years, parents uh, have essentially been letting the schools raise their children for them. I, and I've been saying this for years, Richard. This is what I've been saying for years. I mean, again, the whole axiom of, you know, don't be surprised when you send your kids to Rome and they return as Romans. Um, I mean, this is why 20 plus years ago, I decided, uh, and my wife decided, we sat down together and decided we we're going to homeschool our children. We'd actually made that decision before our first child was born. And she's now 27 years old. 27. There you go. Um, 29 years old. Good God almighty. She's 29 years old. Uh, Judy said she was planning on a new batch of chickens, but the city of Kenai tabled the proposal to allow them in the city. I'd just do it anyway. Um, but that's just me. Um, let's see. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, let's see. We've seen the same thing at youth wrestling. Parents want to leave the responsibility of the kids with someone else so they can go live their best life. Then wonder why their kids get rolled up by a kid who's there to wrestle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Willie's with me. Raise them anyway, with roosters. City has no business getting involved. All right. I think we're getting close to it here. We're about a minute out. Final thought. Yes, 
well, the parents, well, and the parents that have done that are going to have the biggest struggle with homeschooling, but they have to figure it out before these children are destroyed. I mean, homeschooling is a commitment. Homeschooling definitely requires some changes. Um, usually it requires one parent working, uh, you know, staying home or working from home. Although I have seen two working class parents who both worked, I have seen them succeed in homeschooling their kid. Uh, it just happened on a little bit of a different schedule. Um, I have I have personal experience with people on that. Um, but at the point with all the stuff, this is why I keep telling you folks that that is what my suggestion is, is to remove yourself from the situation because that's literally insane, isn't it? It's literally insane at this point that you would continue to sacrifice your children on the altar of government and all this stuff. It's nuts. Okay, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. Final segment for this hour. It's open line, open form today. I'm letting you guys steer the bus. And, and again, I, you, we don't have to back. I mean, the first thing I say is I want to talk about some lighter side slice of life stuff. And then we immediately get into pedophilia and smut in the libraries and all these heavy topics and everything. But that's just, I mean, that's it's what's on your mind. So... As much as I would like to talk about unicorns and butterflies, these are the thoughts that are on your guys' mind. I'm happy to let you do it. Phone number to call 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Feel free to give us a give us a call and ring up and tell us what your thoughts are. I think uh, as a final as a final uh, saying on the uh, last topic. I'm going to read Brian's comment from the chat room. Brian says, beyond the library issues, the educational issues in this state aren't going to be fixed unless and until parents get involved, until they get mad enough, demand improvement, and hold the boards accountable. It's not going to change. And I 100% agree with that. It's going to require parental involvement. What we've seen over the last 30 years in this country, 40 years, maybe more, is that the this generation, this last couple generations, have decided to treat the schools as glorified babysitters? They just drop the kids off and they wash their hands of it, and you know they do. Not all parents. Not I'm not saying all, but there's a slice of them out there that that's exactly what they did. They want to go live their best life, so they drop the kids off and and they go do what they need to do. And anything that's going on after that is an afterthought. And then that's a learned behavior. So then that's going to come to the next generation and the next generation and everything else. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy stuff. Uh, all right. So a couple others got to talk about the cost of renaming the military bases uh, from the Confederate names uh, because <clears throat> I, I just I find the whole thing super ridiculous. Um, so I want to talk about that here in just a second, but we do have a phone call, so let's uh, go over there and 
See what you have to say. We'll start off. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning, Bonnie. How are you? <laughs> well, how are you doing? Well, I'm fine. How are you? Now that we've got that out of the way, what's on your mind? Well, I like to read uh, Louis L'Amour books. Do you like those? Uh, funny enough, when I, I was uh, probably in fourth grade, so I don't know what that is. What is fourth grade? Nine years old, 10 years old? I started reading Louis L'Amour books, and I literally read nothing but Louis L'Amour books for the first three or four years of my reading career yeah. when I actually started reading novels. Uh, yeah. And I literally have read everything that Louis L'Amour has ever written. Um, he is probably the author that formed more of me as a child and as a, as a young kid and growing up into a, into a, a teenager and adult. He probably had more to do with the formative, you know, ideas and philosophies that I came up with than almost anybody else. He is an amazing author. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yep. And the other books I used to, well, of course, that's how I came to Alaska. I read books by Jack London called Call of the Wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, those kind of books, especially when they're talking about the frontier and the you know, change and society building and, you know, the wilderness. I mean, those books have always been very fascinating for sure. Those books brought me to Alaska. Yeah. I like the story about the, what is it? The one about he's the last match to build a fire. Oh, and the snow from the tree falls Do you down. That story? Yeah. And the snow from the tree falls down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. The, I can't remember which story that is, but I do know the story. It had a profound impact on me when I was younger. <laughs> yep. All right, Bonnie. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for making it a little bit lighter for me. Yeah. No. I mean, I will say Louis L'Amour again. I, I let me. I guess I'll just reiterate that. And I tried to pass this love on to my kids and. One of my sons likes the books, not like I did. He didn't want to consume every one of them. The other one's kind of like, eh, it's okay, Dad, but I'm just not really. But he loves The Lord of the Rings. He loves Tolkien, and he loves some of these other ones. So that's okay. I mean, each, you know, I, I don't want to force my – but, boy, I tell you what, after reading that first book and then the second book, and then it was like – I remember at one point my mom was like uh, something – because I was reading – I mean, I'm a fast reader. And I got faster as I was younger. I started getting faster and faster. And I'd take a 120-page book or what. Louis more books are pretty small, you know, overall. But I remember my mom looking at me and going, I'm not buying you another book. You better savor that one because I'm not buying. Because she, I mean, she was buying me a new book like every, you know, and it's three bucks or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of lending libraries going out there at that point, you know, but I remember my mom looking at me and goes, she goes, I'm not buying you another book right now. You, you savor that one or go back and reread one of the other ones because, because I was just, I was, I was eating them like they were candy. Right. But probably had more to do. I mean, I, you know, I had my parents and my grandparents and things like that help shape me and mold me. But internally, my internal monologue, the thing, you know, talking to myself and taking ideas and that probably had more to do to shape me into the man that I am today than almost anything else. Because literally from the time I was in the sixth grade 
to the time I was in the, well, until the time I finished high school, but at least for those first three years, that's all I read. I remember I got into an AP English class in, in, as a freshman in high school. I couldn't figure out how I got into the class. I couldn't figure out how I got there. Um, it turns out that there had been in my eighth grade, the, the last year of junior high school called junior high school, now they call it middle school, but in the eighth grade of junior high school, the, one of the last things that they had us do is they had us write this essay about if you could spend a day with somebody, um, uh, or if it, maybe it was, if you could emulate somebody or if you could spend a day with somebody who would it be? So I wrote this 10 page essay on tell Sackett, right? One of the Sackett brothers, the eldest Sackett brother. And I wrote this, I wrote this essay out and I, you know, I, all the whys and hows and who's and everything else. Well, apparently that, I mean, that got me a recommendation from that teacher to the thing to get into it. It was anyway, I didn't even know it. I just, but that's, I love it. I love it. Louis L'Amour. If you can hand every 10 year old a Louis L'Amour book, that's an amazing, that's an amazing chance to, uh, to see them, to, to see them grow. If they like it and they fall in love with it, that's exactly it. All right, let's go over here. One more call before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Helen Mathias, and I live in Seward. Well, hello, Helen. Good morning to you. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? I uh, envy you. Uh, I didn't discover Louis L'Amour until I was like 35. I found a book called The Blue Roan. The and Blue Roan, yep. And I fell in love with it. Oh yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, he he has such a unique and I've have you read some of his uh, detective novels, his Pulp Fiction detective novels that he did before he became famous? I did not know that. Uh, I did some books on uh, the digital reader for you, right? Uh, these two guys took off for an adventure. <laughs> They were all over. I think it was Australia. Oh yeah, he he's written he's written books about uh, his time uh, because he 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 stowed away on a ship and he became a he became a, a deckhand and a stevedore and a dock worker. He was a boxer. He went over into Indonesia uh, and did things like that. He's written about uh, you know he's written about uh, written fictionalized stories about World War II and some of the fighting over there. I mean, he's written a tremendous number of books. And uh, they are all just great. I've enjoyed each and every one of them. So, yeah, you go look at some of his other works. Uh, his Westerns are fantastic, but he's got some other works out there as well, including <laughs> including his book, uh, Education of a Wandering Man, which is an amazing uh, kind of autobiographical uh, story. It's really good. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. I want to mention a, a movie. Okay. Uh, it's a book first, and it became a movie. All right. That I think both you and your friend will like. It's called Wolves at Our Door. Wolves at Our Door. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go look it up. It, it'll make you make you happy. Okay. All right, Helen. Well, thank you for calling and listening down in Seward. We appreciate that. Thank you for being part of the show today. Uh, all right. Well, that takes us up to the uh, takes us up to the break. We're ready to go. I'm just going to type that around. I remember, uh, so I don't forget. <clears throat> so I don't forget. Uh, uh, 
It's a documentary film about the Sawtooth Pack, a group of wolves in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho. All right, I'll have to go look that. That'll be good. It's on the Discovery Channel, apparently. All right, we're out of time for this hour. We got more coming up. We could take on some other headlines, or we could continue with your the, the books that the books that made you the books that made you. I say that it was Louis Lamore for me. There were others too. There were others. Uh, well, we'll see what you have to say. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Okay, put that on my watch list for what's going on. Um, um, here, Jackie and Jim says this is the lighter side. Pedophilia and smut and kids' libraries are the lighter side nowadays. That's a little bit depressing. That's uh, that's the thing. Uh, Melody says she's currently waiting for her 19 year old to move out so she can have that room for her pottery studio. Oh, you might be waiting a while, Melody. I finally got some of my kids to move out. It was a lot more than 19. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Um, let's see. Uh, Hawk says he loves Louis Lamore. He's read them all at least twice. Yeah, I've got cases and cases of Louis Lamore books in storage, um, including... They remember they used to have the the leather bound signature editions of the Louis L'Amour books. Do you remember that? Where they had the big leather bounds with the covers and the oval and the thing. And I I bought I don't know I probably have twenty or thirty of those. Uh, can I make a suggestion for this genre, Kurt James, to build a fire? says Jeffrey Coggill. That was the name of the of the Jack London book. Yes, To Build a Fire. Thank you. Um, that's a great, uh, that, is, that is fantastic. I too, Harold, was surrounded by books. He said, I read National Geographic and the Encyclopedia books. I did as well. My dad had a whole section of National Geographic books. My books on World War II, do you remember those? Um, I've got a bunch of those as well. Um, that are the history of World War II. They're the ones that the whole cover was a black and white photo of of a of a shot from the war. I, I mean, I read all that stuff. I just I just consumed it. I loved it. Kurt James, um, Kurt James, uh, is he? He's an author. Uh, oh, he's a heavy metal rock guitarist. No, that's that's not the right Kurt James. Uh, books, latest biography, Moonshiner. Uh, Kurt James on Amazon, uh, uh, for Rocky Colorado mountains. He's got, uh, he's got a bunch of Rocky mountain goat. Is that the, Ah. <sighs>
I love the Great Brain series. They were inspirational, said Politic. Uh, Reader's Digest. I used to read some Reader's Digest back in the day. Last of the Breed. Oh, that's a great book. Oh, man, Last of the Breed. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's a Louis L'Amour book about a uh, SR-71 pilot or U-2 pilot. He was U-2 or SR-71. And he gets either gets shot down or he has a problem and he crashes into Russia and he has to make it back across the Bering Strait into Alaska. That is um, that is crazy. Greg says he named his son, um, his son after Flint. I love that. I love it. Um. Can we talk about the weaponizing of our government and the kings and queen makers pulling the strings behind them? Yeah, no, if you want. Free to Choose. Uh, Free to Choose is also a great book. Um, okay. It's always been a sale to save. Oh, Reader's Digest? Yeah, I mean, what? Remember we used to get digest in the mail? I used to do, I used to go through that thing all the time. Every time freezing them. William H. Johnstone, uh, Zane Gray, Zane Gray, also another great Western author and, and William W. Johnstone, also great West. If you love Westerns, those are great. Those are great authors for it as well. Um, and I go in cycles. I love certain things. Like I'll come back to the Westerns for a while and I'll read them and then I'll read political, you know, like, uh, Tom Clancy, kind of like political intrigue and combat. And then I'll read something like Lee Child, uh, the Reacher series. I read the Reacher series. That's great. And then I'll move on to fantasy for a little bit, you know, Wheel of Time or science fiction. I just cycle through the different things. Um, Tony Hillerman, Ghost Wind. Uh, what's the other one? The Longmire. Uh, Craig Johnson, all the Longmire books. Oh, man. So good. So good. There's a lot of Louis Lamore movies and shows made from his books. Yeah, and some are good and some are not. I mean, let's face it. The Shadow Riders and the Sackets and what was the other one? There was one more. Uh, anyway, the ones with Tom Selleck and 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 uh, Sam Elliott. And I mean, those were just so good. They were so good. I mean, it's still 80s television, but they were so good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, now whenever I tell, I think of Sam Elliott, right? I mean, whenever I think of, of, uh, uh, Oren Sackett, it's Tom Selleck, you know, that's, uh, that's just what you think in your mind when you're reading these stories. It's amazing. Yeah. I remember when I read my first Tom Clancy book, I was probably 16 and I read Red Storm Rising. And I remember that I took it with me. It was our first trip to Hawaii as a family. My dad surprised us all and took us to Hawaii for Christmas when I was 15 or 16. And I remember I had this big, thick paperback, The Red Storm Rising, and I'd sit on the beach and I was reading it, you know, go down, splash in the water, come back, sit on the towel, and I'd be reading this book. And it was just, I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I couldn't put it down. So good. All right. Um, <laughs> Got to go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Commons, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Here we go. Hour two, dead ahead.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Well, on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, uh, where you'll find links to the audio-only live stream, the podcast, and, of course, uh, the simulcast for our social media, the links to uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Welcome to the uh, program there. And, of course, also broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to the show, The Michael Duke Show. A little bit different today. We're kind of open line, open four minute. I got some headlines and things like that. But boy, we started to go on a jag on that last segment where we were talking about our favorite authors and everything else. And uh, I recounted my Louis L'Amour growing up story again, which uh, I've done a couple times on the program over the few years. But there's something about a good book. There's something about a good book that just transports you. I mean, maybe we needed it because, I mean, let's face it, kind of the bad news that we keep getting out of our own legislators and, and uh, you know, but we, we do need it. So we were talking about Louis L'Amour. There's been a bunch of other authors that people have um, been recommending, many of which uh, I have read from a variety of um, genres. Um, and uh, it's you know, William, uh, William w, uh, w. Johnstone, uh, Grain Zay for Westerns. You know, we talked about Tony Hillerman, who's a mystery author, writer. Uh, we talked about, of course, Michael Crichton, who's a genius. That guy is a freaking genius. He writes an amazing uh, book. As well. uh, Bert Ludlam. Yep. Another great one. Uh, Tom Clancy, of course. Uh, Lee Childs. Um, you know, Robert Jordan. Brandon Sanderson. Uh, Melissa McPhail, uh, Greg Bear, uh, of course, Heinlein, Asimov, uh, Tolkien. There's just so many, so many good authors, so many good stories out there uh, that are, you know, if you haven't read them yet, the world is at your fingertips. You need to go out there and just, you know, just just take a little sampling of all the good stuff that's out there. Because I asked people, I said, what's your favorite books? What's the what's the books that because I said, Louis L'Amour shaped me as a young as a young boy. He shaped me in a lot of ways as a young boy. What what author what author shaped you as you were growing up? You know, um, I, I think it's an inter it's an interesting conversation. I <clears throat> I started reading when I was really young, reading novels. I mean, reading books when I was really young, and so I'm always curious as to see where people come from and if they develop that love of reading and storytelling and things like that. So anyway, that's um. um that's one of the things. Michener, Michener. That's another one. James Michener, Alaska. That's a, that's a fantastic book. Okay. Um, what else? I guess that's it. We, so the phone lines are open this morning. Uh, I was also going to talk about um, 
I was also going to talk about uh, some other stories. People are just throwing good names out there now. Patricia Conwell, Dick Francis is another one. Bernard Cornwell is another fantastic one. The Sharp series. Uh, yeah, just go out there and read yourself. Read yourself silly. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. That's the phone number if you want to talk about things. Got a couple stories still that I haven't gotten to yet, including the cost of renaming military bases. Uh, they're renaming them because they were originally named for Confederate soldiers, and uh, that apparently is the big no-no now. Uh, also going to talk about the city of Soldatna's vote on the uh, lewd lascivious the lewd shows for the kids in the public um and i guess but i got phone calls so i'm gonna start with the phone calls because that's more fun than anything else right now uh let's go over here and see what you have to say good morning who's this where are you calling from hey this is randy in fairbanks mr randy how are you sir um well, I think I'm doing pretty good this morning. Um, they, a little while ago, you were talking with a lady about um, that story that's actually by Jack London um, called uh, To Light a Fire. Right. Um, and I think you were mixing that up with uh, Louis L'Amour's. Uh, no, no, she uh, said, being the author. You, no, she said Jack London and she talked about the story. And I'm like, yeah, the one where the snow falls. Oh. We were talking about Jack London, Call of the Wild. And then she said he yeah. wrote, he wrote the other one. And I'm like, yeah, the one about the fire. And yeah, no, we were, oh. we started off talking about Louis oh. L'Amour, but it ended up being Jack okay. London at the end. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I just, uh, I actually just Googled it and there were, there were two, uh, stories by uh, Jack London um, called "To Light a Fire." Uh, one in two thousand or one nineteen oh two is the not so well known one, and that's the one where the the hiker um, actually lives. He gets frostbitten, but he lives. And uh, the other one in nineteen oh eight is uh, the one where he freezes to death. Right, which is the one that I was familiar with. I didn't realize that there were two versions of it. The one that I remember, the one where the guy freezes to death. Oh, because, yeah. So that's that's uh, super interesting. Yeah, Jack Lennon wrote some great stuff for sure. So, uh, all oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 when you were growing up, Randy, what were the books that shaped you? I mean, what were, what were the, did you read early? Did you, oh, yeah. Were you a late bloomer or what? Oh, yeah. Jack London was there <laughs> for me. Yeah. And Louis L'Amour were good stories. And then, yeah, I, I got on to James Mitzner and, and I read quite a lot of his stories. Um, my uh, my dad turned me on to him. Um, so, yeah, that Mitch. was um, very, very interesting stories. Yeah. Especially I've the one about uh, Alaska. Yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, no, uh, the Mitzner is good, although <clears throat> I did find that. Mitchner never did use a paragraph or two where pages would do. That guy was verbose, man. He could write. Uh, you know, I don't think I, I don't think yeah. you ever saw a Mitchner novel that was under three hundred pages. I mean, he he could really write. Uh, but he's very no. very descriptive, very good. No. Um, and uh, yeah, very interesting stuff. Mitchner is also one of those classic great art uh, authors. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Thank Thanks. You, Mike. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate the, uh, th appreciate the call. Appreciate the, uh, I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find that early Jack London story where they lived. That'll be uh, interesting uh, 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 to light a fire. 
I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in and joining us this morning. 907-433-3150. What, what shaped you? You know, it would be interesting if the early books that shaped you were, you know, you know, it's like, it's like the idea of science fiction, right? Maybe you, uh, cause I actually moved on from Louis L'Amour to early Heinlein at that point. So it was, you know, the Rolling Stones, it was Starman Jones. It was a lot of his earlier lighter works before he got heavily, uh, he really started to get heavier and more, um, I think that's where a lot of my libertarian leanings came from, quite honestly, between him and my grandfather, uh, Heinlein and my grandfather, I started reading, you know, I started off with the Starship Troopers and the, and the, and, uh, and Starman Jones and the Rolling Stones and those kind of stories. But then it slowly progressed into, you know, the, 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 the other, you know, the moon is a harsh mistress and all these other things, Friday and, and, uh, buy your bootstraps and all these other things that, that were really like, wow. Um, they got heavier and they got deeper and they got more into pol political philosophy and, and everything else. Um, and I think that also helped shape me as I went on. Cause I went from Westerns to sci-fi and I cycled. I was just saying earlier to the listeners in the chat during the break that I cycle, you know, I'll do <clears throat> Westerns for a, a period of time. I'll, I'll read or listen to some Westerns and then I'll go into uh, mystery. In fact, I just recently literally read every Dick Francis book, uh, Dick Francis is an amazing mystery author. I really like him. He writes about English horse racing and, uh, every one of his books somehow is tangentially related to horse racing. Um, but they're all mysteries and they're all fantastic. Um, and he wrote something like 41 books and I, I, over a period of time, I went through all those, but then I'll go from mysteries to political thrillers like Tom Clancy. Uh, and then I'll go to like Lee Childs, uh, Jack Reacher. And then, you know, I'll go to science fiction. Um, you know, like Ian Holmes, uh, no, I'm sorry, Ian Holmes, but Ian Douglas, um, or James S. A. Corey, who writes for the expanse, that kind of stuff. And then I'll go back to fantasy, Brandon Sanderson, Robert Jordan, Melissa McPhail. Uh, it's just, you know, whatever, there's nothing like a good story to take your mind off a lot of the struggles in the life and everything else. And I got to tell you, the advent of audiobooks has been such a boon to me over the last 15 years. I have not actually physically read a novel in probably, it's probably been a dozen years, maybe more since I actually physically read a novel. Um, I just, I get them on, I get them on uh, audio because I drive so much. I'm out doing things. I can, you know, you do it while you're cleaning out the garage or vacuuming or whatever you can, you know, you can listen to your book and it's a, it's a twofer. I love the storytelling aspect of that. So Anyway, uh, sorry, let's, <clears throat> I didn't, I just kind of got down the rabbit hole there. Let's go over here and take some more calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Ino up here in North Pole on the way to work. How are you? Good, Ino. What's on your mind? Well, you're talking about books that shape your life. And I just thought that was kind of fun. Books for me, uh, of course, started in a whole different language, wasn't in English, but I used books specifically. I, I loved Alistair McLean's books like Guns from Navarone and all those uh, interesting books that he wrote. Uh, but I used them as a way of learning languages. I used to check out two books, one in my own uh, native Danish language and then one in either German or English as I was learning those languages. And I would read the 
the English book and used my Danish book just as a reference if that was a thing instead of uh, instead of a dictionary. Um, yeah. So it was it was quite an interesting. Yeah. So I, I used to have that all the time, uh, like that, and, and it's a it's a great way uh, to 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 learn languages to to read books like that. And if you if you need that assistance instead of going into a dictionary for every word, just kind of have the paragraph there and kind of get the general idea about them. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, that's good using as a kind of a Rosetta stone to be able to understand the languages. And of course the story is compelling. Uh, Alistair McLean, I only think I've ever read the guns of Navarone. I don't think I've read any of his other writings, but I mean, geez, that was probably 30 years ago that I read it. I probably should put it on my read list for, for, uh, uh, for the future. It, uh, it is, it's, he has, yeah, you're talking about somebody being, uh, able to spend two paragraphs with the <laughs> yeah. uh, there were some very long i remember there were some very long sentences yeah and some interesting uh verbose stuff say like that but see that's that's what i like about uh, about the english language uh, for one uh, if you cannot find a word to describe actually what you want to say as a writer you're you're lazy you know if you had to uh, rely on on four little words to in every other sentence and stuff like that, you know, you're just you're just a lazy writer. Is the way I look at it. So, uh, you know, you have 15, 20 words that can mean somewhat of the same, or each of them have a different nuance. Right. So, uh, as a writer, I think it's just our just is 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 your best friend as far as that goes. And yeah. Well, no, I I, I good. I'm. That's always been an inspiration. I'm going to have to put Alistair McLean on my, on my, uh, to read list. Um, and that's something that I'll, I'm going to benefit from today's show because I've gotten some suggestions for some authors I've never heard of. Uh, and so I'm going to go look it up. Uh, but Alistair McLean, like I said, I think I've probably read the guns of Navarone 30 plus years ago. I'll have to read it again. So thank you. I know for the uh, yeah. suggestion, I appreciate it. Uh, let's go over here. One more call before we go to break. If we're quick here, we can do this. Who's recalling from? This is Ron from Kasilov. Hello, Ron. What's happening down there in Kasilov? Oh, just a little bit snowy this morning on the way to work. Um, I, when, what I grew up with and really enjoying was Ranger Rick. Those magazines. Oh, yeah. In, in grade school. Oh, yeah. The environment and yeah. Of the I really liked those as a, as a kid. But that was put out by like the Wildlife oh, yeah. Federation or something, or I mean, who was that? That was the World Wildlife Federation, or somebody put it out. But yeah, I remember getting those books. I Ranger, you're correct. yeah, yeah. But uh, Louis Lamore is by far my favorite. I think my grandmother got me started on on him early early on, but I really got into him in my teens, and then in the early two thousands. I had a job where I could, I had to monitor a computer all night long. So I had time to read Louis L'Amour books and I had a grocery bag full of Louis L'Amour books. <laughs> but I, I think uh, one of my, my recent favorites is one by somebody, you might've heard of the guy, Chris Story. I, I think he's around here. He's around from, here somewhere. Uh, top of the, that, was, that was a really good. Yeah. No, he writes. In fact, Chris <laughs> Story. Yeah, Louis Lamar, 
Yeah, Louis L'Amour is fantastic. It's it's funny that you mentioned grocery bag full of because I, I the other day, the other day ago, a month or two ago, I was moving some stuff around in the garage and I picked up a bag and I look inside of it and there was a dozen Louis L'Amour books in a grocery sack and I'm like, still finding them. They're still everywhere. Oh, still good cool. stuff. Can't yeah. uh, can't miss that. Yeah, I reread them. That's right. It's yeah, like a bag. It's like a bag full of sunshine. That's all you can get. All right. Well, hey, thank you, Kat. Appreciate it. Thank you for yeah. calling in this morning. We are out of time for this segment. We've got more coming up. Uh, don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. We'll return in just a moment. And we still have open line open for. And it doesn't just have to be movies or uh, books. It could be movies. It could be shows. What are you enjoying? I like that. I mean, and I love new ideas. Any other new authors you want to talk about? Craig Johnson? Lee Child? Good stuff out there. Gotta go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Like, like Michael Duke show. Radio. Man, this is show this morning. I just, uh, um, I, I just, en- I just enjoy that. Um, absolutely. Um, John McPhee, uh, good book. I, I don't know if I've read McPhee. I'm familiar with the name, but I don't know if I've actually read McPhee. Uh, Randy with a sinus. It's a different Randy. It's, it was not the Randy. It was another, it's an, it's the other Randy. Amazing true adventures of Jack London. Um, uh, Mishner did Alaska. Uh, uh, he did Hawaii. He did Shogun, right? I mean, there's some really, yeah. The Walking Drum. Oh, my gosh. The Walking Drum by Lamore. That is epic. Um, and then, of course, where the fair wind blows and some of the other ones that kind of follow up to that, the origins of the Sackets, that was kind of crazy. Um uh let's see uh my thoughts as well slaughterhouse five and the vonnegut novels i read slaughterhouse five in high school i was never a huge fan of vonnegut but i mean it was a good story um graham hancock i don't even know who that is now i gotta go look graham hancock british writer what has he written Finger of the Gods, Magicians of the Gods, Before America, um, promotes pseudoscientific theories involving many ancient civilizations in lost lands. I would not say not as a visionary. Um, ancient Apocalypse. Huh. Interesting. I might have to get, there's a Netflix series too, that's based on it. I might have to go look at that. That'd be interesting. I mean, I've, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a closet ancient aliens. I, I watch that show as a guilty pleasure. Sometimes my wife just, she just starts rolling her eyes. Tom Clancy splinter cell. Yeah. I named my dogs 
Sam Fisher. Um, hi, Michael. Ryan Browning here with the Homer PD. A little off topic, but I'm in North Pole Saturday night presenting our parenting in the digital age presentation for parents. Wondering if you might want to talk about it this afternoon and help get the information out to parents. Uh, we need to talk about what social media is doing to our kids. They can bring, uh, Ryan, if you want to call in, it's open line, open forum. So you can call in, uh, in the last segment, if you want, we could talk about it. I'm happy to do that. Uh, you could just call the call in number and we'll, we'll talk about it with you if you'd like to. Uh, speaking of verbose Atlas shrugged, holy cow. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, Ryan calling to talk about, it. uh, Kentiki, Kentiki by Thor Herdal. Uh, my dad said Kentiki by Thor Herdal. I don't even know if I even I've read that book. Uh, oh, in 1947. Interesting. That's my dad. I he, he that was his one of his first books. He read it in the fourth grade. Apparently, I got my early reading from. Uh, because I think I was in the fourth or fifth grade when I started reading Louis L'Amour books. <laughs> um, Brother and Sister Grimm series. That's actually a really good series. My kids read that, and I read a couple of the books, and it was actually very, very good. Good. Um, <clears throat> uh, um, let's see. Hey, maybe boring to most, but a good cup of coffee and any garden book. So that's, you know. Whatever floats your boat, Denise. Yeah. Um, R.A. Salvatore? Yes. No. Uh, R.A. Salvatore is, uh, he's a fantastic author. He's done a lot of adaptations and things like that. He is a fantastic author, though. R.A. Salvatore. Um, oh, so many, so many, so many good stories to think about. All right. Um, <laughs> Well, we're coming back onto it, uh, ready to go. The Brian Jakes was another one. Yep, that's Redwall. Brian Jakes, the Redwall series. My kids love that as well. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. today's show is fun but weird we've just been talking about books you know i think that it's so you know especially in today's society uh it's you know with the advent of the internet and everything else and the kids i mean my kids don't read like i did and i'm sure that i probably didn't read as much as my parents did because by then, you know, the television and the advent of TV and then cable and then everything else and VCRs and, you know, I, I'm sure it just changes. But I do not want to lose that love of learning, that love of storytelling. There are so many good stories out there, so many. Um, although I feel pretty good. You know, my kids did read a lot of good series. Redwall, the sisters, brother and sister Grimm. We talked about that in the chat room. Uh, you know, Harry Potter. Um, you know, uh, uh, a lot of the, the Katniss Everdeen, the 
anniversaries that, you know, we, we read all these. And a lot of times we read them together. I would read them with him and then we'd talk about the stories. You know, we wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't read it to them. We'd read it at the same time and then we'd talk about it. There's, you know, there's a lot to that. And that shared, that shared joy of a story well told, you know, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, I, again, I'm always kind of nudging him to the, like the Louis L'Amour side of things simply because I was so profoundly affected by that when I was growing up, but a good book can change your life. A good book can change your life. So, um, it's, um, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really crazy stuff. How much a, a book can change you. I love that. Um, my dad actually even sounded off. He said the book that started me on my journey was Contiki by Thor Heerdahl. He said he read it in the fourth grade to the amazement of his mother. And that's the story of the Contiki expedition. So, um, it's cool stuff. I mean, it just makes you spread. It just broadens your mind. The clan of the cave bear. Is that what you're talking about? The series about the cavemen. Somebody just asked about that. That is a clan of the cave bear. Jean, uh, 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 John, um, uh, John, owl, owl, owl. How do you say that? John owl clan of the cave bear. That was another one. Okay. Um, throwing names out now that i'm trying to remember uh remember some of these things uh um whatever you want today folks we got it we got into this man we i opened up the book floodgate apparently because now everybody's talking about all these i'm remembering stories that i read years ago from authors that i haven't picked up in years and i'm wondering now how many good books have they written since then i mean i'm gonna have a, i'm gonna have to go back after the show and look at the chat and just write down everything because of all the good suggestions 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150 is the phone number if you want to sound off. Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Yep, all those. Those are all good. I remember Encyclopedia Brown. Is that the other one? Is that the one where they had the, the base in the trash heap? Remember that? They had the hideout in the trash heap. Is that Encyclopedia Brown? Or was that another one? I can't even remember. So, so just those things that get you going, get you going. But it doesn't just have to be books. It could be movies. It could be TV shows. I mean, I remember one of my first loves was Star Trek because it was something that was actually on broadcast TV when I was six or seven years old in reruns by then because it had run in the late sixties. But I remember watching that Doctor Who, Doctor Who is another one. I love science fiction. And uh, <clears throat> so watching those was pretty amazing. I never did get into things like Bonanza and some of the old, I don't know, maybe because Lamore had painted a, uh, a picture that was too vivid for me and I just couldn't, but, you know, those were, those were always good. And of course, I still remember when my dad took me to see Star Wars, uh, 1977, that was amazing. I still remember walking out of the movie theater like, whoa. Uh, anyway, um, Whatever you guys want to talk about. I, I just, you know what? I don't even care about these other stories anymore. I'm, I'm just, I'm too happy now. I'm too, all this good, you know, storytelling and is uh, escapism, I guess, from the madness that is the world. Great stories, great stories. And, and how did you get shaped by them? That's, I think that's a great topic for today. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Hi, my name is Elena, and I'm from Anchor Point. Good morning, I'm Elena. On my way to Homer. Good morning, Elena. Morning. Well, I just wanted to say, for a long time, I agree with everyone on Louis Lamour. I mean, he was such an amazing writer, and he didn't just have the Western genre that he wrote about. He wrote about all sorts of things, but the man did his research and oh, yeah. just carried you to that place. All you had to do was just read and you were there. Right. But the sacket on the Western genre, the sacket that he wrote about for a long time, my family thought that we were related to them because we have sackets in our family. But through research, my brothers found that we weren't related, but we're maybe, a, a, you know, along the same path way down the road does that make sense right an offshoot from way back when yeah yeah but it was just it was such an amazing thing just being able to read it and thinking that you know hey this could be our family member and we've had stories you know down the line through the family of what our family went through i had a great great uncle that helped brigham young settle out in Utah and um, it's just amazing what family history can do Yeah, and the history that you read about. No, it is amazing. And Lamore was famous for his, um, for his accuracy, especially in research. Uh, I remember talking to a guy, we got talking about Louis Lamore. This is 35 years ago. I was still, I think it was in college at that point, either high school or college. And I got talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, he, we were talking about both being fans of Louis Lamore and he was stationed. I was he stationed in, he was stationed out West somewhere, Arizona. It was a military base. And he said he was a Louis Lamore fan. And the story okay. took place around where this, you know, in the area within where, you know, hundred miles or wherever. So he literally drove out to the area and he said, the landmarks that he talks about are in the book. You could see them. You could you can go hike back into the wilderness yep. and you could see them. He said, I found the canyon that he talked about here. I found this. I found that. He goes, it's it was just amazing to see how historically accurate and how I mean, it's like you, a treasure hunt. It is. It's like a treasure hunt. It's exactly it. Uh, Lamore really cared about that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, he wrote uh, he didn't write just oh, Westerns. Yeah. He wrote detective novels. He wrote about World War Two. He wrote all kinds of stuff. Um and uh, he he really is inspirational, but uh, and I think has changed a lot of people's lives, quite honestly. Well, and just he started off with, I mean, leaving home at what the age of fifteen because of his yeah. home life, if I remember correctly, and that's truly where his story began because he did so many jobs, and just to read his biography, oh yeah, really cool. Um, was um, my brother when he was growing up loved Hank the cow dog and he got to meet the author I can't remember who it is right now but I myself I remember my mom reading to me from the um, and I think they still publish them with the, the golden books as yep. for kids books yep. uh, I can't remember the name of the series but I mean I just loved spending time with my mom on those and when my parents met my dad didn't read hardly at all but being with my mom, he came to the books and he ended up having the love for books. Yeah. And that just, I think once we see it in our parents and we try to emulate it, no matter at what point in the journey, we end up 
Yeah. Well, eventually down the road, they don't like to read now, though. Oh, I absolutely. So yeah. Like to read as they get older. No, I absolutely agree uh, with that. It was my father's. Right. I think it was thank my. You. I thank you. I think it was yeah. my father's love for books because every time he'd you know be home when he wasn't traveling for his job, you know he'd be home and he'd have a big thick book and he was reading his book and I you know. I'm sure that that instilled in part a love of reading for me. Um, and uh, I probably stole my first Louis L'Amour book from him. Uh, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Carla? Yeah, yes. What can I do for you? Uh, we're going to move over to the next one. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Brad. I'm calling from Fritz Creek. Hello, Brad. And there is one, there is one paragraph in a Robert A. Heinlein model, novel that I read when I was in grade school that has influenced my entire life. The book was Starship Troopers. Uh-huh. And the paragraph describes a society. The paragraph describes a society that in order to be a citizen, to participate, to vote, to hold public office, you first have to serve. Right. And I, I am a Vietnam veteran. I, have, I am the second of four generations serving in the military. I have a son that is retired. I have a grandson that is special forces. And uh, we are all proudly serving our country. Well, thank you for I do yeah. have one regret. Yeah. And that is I, yeah, when I went into the military at 19, I couldn't vote. <laughs> we couldn't vote till we were 21. Couldn't vote till you were 21. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Well, thank you for your service and a thanks yep. to all your family yep. for your service. But you're right. That is a, that's something that stuck out in Heinlein. You know, he, he, he posited that kind of idea and that theorem in several of his earlier books talking about that, that you had to serve. You couldn't just be a hanger on. You had to be able to serve in society. And I think that that is and to serve society. And I think that is, uh, if that was the one paragraph that changed your, changed you or influenced you, not a bad one to have as far as that goes. Yes. So, all right. And I have reread it. I have it in my library. Oh, yeah. No, in fact, I was thinking about it. I just pulled out Starman Jones the other day, and I was like, I should read this one again. It's been a while since I read this. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your yeah. call. I appreciate it. Uh, I got time for one more if we're quick here. I had a bunch of lines on hold. Let's go over here. Good morning. Hey, this is Mike, uh, Ryan Browning here with Homer Police Department. Oh, hey, uh, Ryan, why don't you hold the line and I'll and you you hold the line and we'll talk with you here in just a minute here on the other side of the break and we'll give you the full 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 charge there. Ryan Browning wants to talk about their new digital presentation. So, Ryan, hold the line here for just a second. Uh, we will continue in just a moment. Uh, don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke show. We've got uh, more coming up including <clears throat> our next guest for a few minutes will be Ryan Browning with the Homer Police Department. He's going to be up in North Pole. So it kind of, look, we're connecting the communities, North and South. Back with more right after this, The Michael Duke Show. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities.
streaming stuff going on on the, on the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Let me uh, let me mark Ryan's name here so I know where he is at, and we'll come back to him here in just a second. I got another call on hold. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Dave from Kenai. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? I just want to, um, going back to uh, the books here, James Michener, <clears throat> I was stationed in the Coast Guard back in 1980. It was in the early 80s, and we took James out on a, on a trip on the Coast Guard Cutter Woodrush when he, when he was in sick and writing the book. Right. And I, I just want to tell a story about, uh, we took him to Chatham Cannery at the time it was closed, but there was a caretaker there. And James Mitchell was in the 70s back then. And uh, we got the Chatham Cannery there, and we weren't quite sure how to get up up to the dock there. And we got in a low tide. And James Mitchell got out of the boat and climbed all the way up. It must have been 70, 80 feet up this ladder, got on the dock there. And, you know, two or three of us went there. We went and we talked to the caretaker for probably a couple hours. And, uh, you know, he took notes. You know, he was you know, taking notes for the book and stuff. But, uh, yeah, and then another thing, too, you know, when everybody heard that James Mitch was coming onto the Coast Guard boat, you wouldn't believe he had an autograph signing session on the crew mess. And all these all these crew members showed up, and they had all these brand-new James Mitchner books that you could tell were never read. And he knew it, but, you know, he still sat there. He just signed them all, and, right. you know, and he just, you know, asked, answered any questions and but you know, come to uh, we had pictures taken. Our, our the PA there in Juneau you know, had pictures of us coming up in a small boat, you know, getting back under the Coast Guard buoy tender. And come to find out, he lost all the pictures. So that was kind of a bummer because I just never got to, you know, have a picture of that. Right. But uh, yeah, it was pretty kind of cool experience. So you know, getting to meet him and stuff like that. So okay, that, that's all I really got. To well, I appreciate tell that story. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. No, I mean, it, it, it's good to to see and hear. You know, the fact that the research and Michener, yeah, he was quite a guy. Like I said, verbose, but quite a guy. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let me go back over here to the chat room. We got Ryan on hold. We're going to take up with him here in just a second when we get back to the, uh, uh, when we get back to the, uh, um, to the airwaves. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to the program, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. I apologize there. I had a massive power bump uh, during the commercial break, uh, and it literally blew past my battery backups, apparently, and uh, and uh, re- just bumped my computer totally off. I had to reboot. So I apologize. But we are back and ready to go. We're going to uh, go over right now, and we're going to talk with uh, Ryan. 
Uh, whoops, hopefully Ryan's going to call back. Ryan was on, but he just hung up. I was just getting ready to talk with him. Like whack. So uh, Ryan from the uh, Homer Police Department is going to come on and talk with us here in just a minute about um, uh, about uh, what's going on in North Pole this weekend on Saturday. Let me go back over here to the uh, let me go back over here to the chat because he told me exactly what he was uh, going to be getting in here. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go on over here and see what uh, you guys have to say. 907-433-3150, Let's try this again. We'll go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Ryan Browning here with Police Department. Yeah, again. sorry about that, Ryan. Had a little Am bit I of a, Hey, yep, had a little bit of a power <laughs> outage there and it uh, bumped me right off the bumped me right off the air. So, but we're back you at were it. There and then you weren't. Yep, exactly. So, you guys are coming up to North Pole. You're doing some presentations about uh uh, I guess digital. Give us give us the rundown here. What's happening? Yeah, so I'm coming up on Saturday, uh, and I'm giving a presentation that we started doing down here, and it's basically geared for parents um, and what social media and the internet is doing to our kids, uh, their mental health, and their well being. Their well being, uh, and it's a pretty open, honest, and, and pretty uncomfortable conversation um, that we need to talk to parents about, so the parents can talk to their kids about what their kids are going through on this stuff and what it's doing to their depression and suicide rates that kids are telling us through the state. Um, right. And I'm just trying to get the word out there for, for folks to come so they can start these these super fun conversations with their kids at home. And it's interesting because, again, social media, we've seen a lot of the, I mean, there's some good stuff for social media, but there's also the flip side, the bad side, and we've talked about it uh, in studies and things like that. I mean, things like self-esteem and peer pressure, bullying. I mean, there's all kinds of things. There's a dark side to it as well as, I mean, connectivity mm-hmm. is great, but the dark side is what really, and it really affects the youth more than it does. I mean, the adults are affected, but you know what I mean. Yeah, not not near as to the level as our kids are, and particularly our high school age girls right now, uh, and the rates of depression and suicide ideations that they're they're telling us they're going through, um, and it's stuff we just need to talk about. It's it's super hard, it's super uncomfortable, um, but I'm trying to get awareness and spread the message out there for folks, and just trying to get people to come so they can talk to their kids and hopefully save a life or two. What uh, Ryan, when you guys are doing it in North Pole? Can you get the you know how, where, when, why, wh- where is it happening? It'll be at the 6 p.m. Saturday night at the Oring Auditorium uh, in North Pole. I think that's one of the schools. In the high school, uh, yeah. two-hour presentation. Yeah, in the high school. Yep. Yeah, it's about a two-hour presentation. There's no sign-up needed. Just grab a couple friends and some kids. Uh, it's geared more for 13 and up. A lot of the feedback I've had is parents that would have wanted to have their teens with them to kind of help open up that two-way communication as we talk about this stuff. And so it's not for the little kids. Um but yeah, six o'clock Saturday, Oring Auditorium. Um, bring a couple friends and prepare to have your mind blown. Prepare, <laughs> not necessarily in a good way, or what? I mean, we're getting the warning here, right? I mean, this is what we need. This is our mind blown. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to mince any words, and and you know, whatever bandage we had over these topics, it's, it's getting ripped off. But it's conversations that we have to have, and we have to have them with our kids, as difficult as it is, um, and they need to hear it.
100%. Right, exactly. Well, I agree, Ryan. And again, like I said, I've tried to monitor my kids' usage of the Internet for years. Uh, and for those very reasons, because I was concerned about the negative impact of some of those things. You know, we don't need the – they get enough peer pressure at school. They don't need to carry a pocket full of peer pressure around with them on their phones, right? Yeah, and, you know, they do, and, and kids are going to do what they're going to do. Um, but, yeah, I hope some folks come and, and learn a few things, and, and I appreciate you just helping get the word out. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Ryan Browning with the Homer Police Department sounding off. Are you going to do this down in Homer, too, or in the peninsula as well? So I've been I've been bouncing all over the state. Uh, I was just in Kenai last night. I think we had like 130 people. Uh, so high in Nikiski, Anchor Point, Homer. I'm going to North Pole Saturday. The following weekend I'll be in Sitka. Uh, then I'm giving this to Juno uh, on the 10th, and then Valdez at the end of the month. Uh, and so I'm kind of going all over the place. Um, and if anybody's interested, you can go to our Facebook page and you can check out the schedule there of, of when and where we're going to be. All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate Ryan. Uh, appreciate you calling in and joining us this morning. Have a good one. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, from the chat room, somebody just went into the Wayback Machine. Ten years ago today, March 29th, 2013, a proposal to clean the air in Hamilton Acres in Fairbanks failed in a tie vote before the borough assembly on Thursday. Under the Community Heating Incentive Program, residents in the neighborhood who burned wood or pellets were to be paid $30 a day on bad air days to use oil, gas, electricity for heat. Quote, a program where you pay people not to burn is unsustainable, unquote, said Fairbanks North Star Borough Assemblyman Michael Dukes. Yes, I did say that, and I stand by it. Unsustainable. Sorry, that was just a little bit of a hit in the Wayback Machine there. Thank you, Tim, for po- po- bringing that up. Let's go back over here to the phones, uh, take another call before we run out of time for today. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, it's Carlene and Kodiak. Good morning. Um, Bradshaw is one of my favorite authors, but what I'm calling about is um, your last caller talked about the suicide crisis. There's a Kodiak teen crisis line, um, caller text 9429015, and there's also a suicide prevention hotline, and it's simple, 988. And um, there's classes also. I've signed up for a class to, yeah. uh, to help. Yeah, the 988 number uh, was uh, brought online last year when they went to the full 10-digit dial for everybody. That was part of the reason was they wanted to bring the 988 number on. So, yeah, it's there. It's available. And uh, folks should use those resources if they need them. So thank you, Carlene. I appreciate you uh, appreciate you calling in uh, and it's joining us. It's not just for suicide prevention. It's for anything emotional that people right. need to talk about. It's a crisis hotline, basically, for anybody who's having a mental crisis of some kind. All right. Thank you, Carlene. I appreciate it. It's uh, good to hear from you down there in uh, lovely Emerald Isle of Kodiak. It's kind of a fun show today. I mean, I got some criticism from somebody who said, what is this, a ninth grade book review? Yes, it is a ninth grade book review, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every aspect of it, so it's all good stuff. Um, all right, what uh, I got? I got just two minutes. Two minutes. What do we got here? Take the phones away, says Denise, and hand them a book. Well, we didn't. I mean, none of our kids got phones until they were in their mid to late teens. And we only gave them phones because some of them were driving around, and we wanted to keep track of where they were. 
Other than that, they had no need for phones because they homeschooled. They weren't out and about doing things. I did not give my kid a phone back in the day. You know what I mean? Because it just, it, it didn't, it didn't matter. But I thought today's show was fun. It was different, right? I mean, it's, you can't do politics 24-7. It just makes, oh. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I've got a list of authors now that I'm going back. I'm going to go back into my archive here and see if I can find, because I've got a big audiobook archive that I've saved up over the years. I've been buying audiobooks, and i gotta, I got to go back and look to see if some of these things are in there. Or if maybe I have to make a little bit of a splurge to get some new audiobooks in the uh in the uh, in the pipeline, so to speak, um, I don't buy I don't buy physical books anymore because I got man I still have thirty boxes of books in my storage unit. When we moved down here, I we moved forty nine box forty eight forty nine boxes of hardcover books. That's how much my wife is. She's also a book fanatic, and uh, so I just don't have enough shelf space right now to put. You know, I only got about eight or nine, ten boxes maybe unpacked. I've got to I've got to get some more shelves. I need to build a library. Wait for one of my kids to move out so I can use their room as a library, a reading room. That's what that's what we need right there. All right, folks. Well, we're we're out of time for today. I I thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for sharing with me your books and the things that you love like that. I think that's fantastic. I just I wish I could just rip off all the, you know, the names of all the books that I've authors that I love and read, but boy, that'd be a whole show into and of itself. But uh, anyway, thank you for participating. It was fun. It was lovely. And I want to encourage you to be kind and love one another and live well. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. We'll see you then. just don't want to see a generation where the kids just don't read at all right they're just plugged into the technology and you know they're given a ipad at school and they don't have to pick up a book and there's something about that aspect of holding that book in your hand and do i mean i do audiobooks now but boy when i was younger i could read me some books right I actually enjoy books more now than I did then because I'm a speed reader. And so I'd read a 300-page novel and, you know, I, I just, like, was consuming them. I can read a Louis L'Amour book in about an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, I'm just, I'm done. Now I have to have them be performed and read out loud. It's a much more enjoyable experience. And uh, I, I love it. I love it. I hope that we can continue to instill that in our kids. I've tried to. Hopefully you are as well. With this crowd, I imagine you probably are. So thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. We're out of time for today. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow. Have a good one, folks. We'll see you then.
shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show 